Hello, I'm Craig Constantine. Hi, and I am uh, Andrew Obenreiter. Hi, Andrew. Um, I'm always super excited to get to talk to people, but in this case, like you and I have kind of been like, I need to interview Andrew at some point. And then, and I was like, where'd Andrew go? Like, <laughs> so there's like so many things, um, but it's really cool to even virtually. And then we realized like, dude, we're back in the same state now. So we could have almost done it in real time. But anyway, welcome, Andrew. Um, it's a pleasure I, to be here. I ask people a lot of things before we press record. And in this case, I basically said to you, movement. And you like went, oh my God, that's like a huge, tough question because, and you mentioned obsession when I said, what about movement? So take me into um, how far back has it been an obsession for you? So I think firstly, it has never been a difficult question for me. Movement has, I think something that I've, it's just something that I've been innately drawn to from birth. Uh, all of my first, like any recording that I see of myself as a child is me climbing, sprinting, playing, <laughs> my mom building obstacle courses throughout our entire house. Like everything from the fridge to the sink, like sofas moved into rooms so I could like just, you know, sprint and, and, and scramble up, you know, across this like conceptualized environment. But yeah, so ever since, as far as I can remember, it has been this obsession with locomotion. And not specifically that of, you know, human, but it was animals. It was obviously myself, but I was also, like, enamored with that of, like, mechanical objects, uh, especially trains. I think trains were huge for me as a kid. And you hear a lot of things like that where people are like, oh, yeah like my kid loved trains and I was like I was obsessed with trains but not because I thought they looked a particular way but because of how they functioned there were so many interesting like mechanical cogs involved in this thing that in my mind was supposed to be so simplistic but it it was ultimately just this magnificent process so yeah movement for me has <laughs> in the simplest uh, form has been an obsession my entire life. Do you find that I'm going to call that a burning white, you know, thing that you always see, right? So you have this burning idea of movement. Do you find that it gets difficult to pick the next thing? Like, you know, anything I choose. So there's this great quote by a guy named David Allen who did a book called Getting Things Done. And he said, it's really important that you be as comfortable with the thing you're doing as you are with the things you are not doing. And mm. my question hovers around the, okay, if you've got this burning obsession, as you clearly do, how do you get comfortable with the things that you just know you, I can't be doing that. If I choose this, I have to not choose these other nine things that I'm obsessed about. <laughs> so I think that that plays into the, the ultimate dilemma for you know, a creative and for anybody who decides to explore like the creative or, or artistic process, uh, because for me, movement means so many things and it also translates to so many things. Hmm. Like I think a lot of the times we think specifically when we talk about movement, we talk about, you know, movement disciplines or some form of sport, but in my mind that then translates to music, it translates to art. Um, you know, various creative processes, painting, uh, illustration, uh, tattooing, all of these things end up 
becoming like locomotive oriented and you know i also have obsessions with those things Mm. and i think finding a healthy balance is probably one of the most difficult things that i have you know had to deal with throughout my life and for me i think the way that i was able to process that was kind of a an order of I think it really, it really come it really comes down to kind of following a process of what I feel in a given moment. Obviously, there's times where this can't exist, right? So maybe I'm uh, in a meeting, or maybe I'm working on a, a hyper specific project that doesn't allow me to leave um, because I'm, you know, maybe working with other individuals or you know what have you. But I try to listen to what ever my heart tells me to be doing. So if I wake up in the morning and I feel like I want to physically move my body, maybe it is in the form of, you know, a typical parkour session or what people typically see as parkour. So you have more um, like functional movement or some kind of light balance work, or maybe I want to be playing with acrobatics or maybe it's not, maybe it's I, my body, like I wake up and my, my mind says one thing, And it's like, oh, I think that I want to be doing, I don't know, maybe learning this new skill. But my body says, no, I want to be uh, moving as freely as possible. So I end up choosing this balance of, you know, maybe instead of trying this absurdly difficult thing that I I don't have progressions for uh, or I haven't, like, taken the time to explore yet. I will then like maybe play with some groundwork and I'll incorporate like capoeira or some other form of like dance practice. And within that, then find some new movement that I haven't explored yet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm hearing you talk about balance. I mean, I know you literally mentioned balance, but you're, you're what you're really talking about here, I think is, is this idea of you're trying to maintain balance uh, between the mental and the physical and the, uh, the spiritual in terms of like the energy that you feel versus the energy that you're putting out versus the energy that you're getting back in response to that. So there's this huge theme of balance I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. So um, I have a friend, if I dropped his name, we'd all know who he was, who has a Tuesday, he calls it a Tuesday practice. And it's basically like the world can GTFO, it's Tuesday, I'm doing the things that whatever that is that I need for me. So I'm wondering, do you have personal practices that I'm thinking this might help other people either to just steal your idea or to encourage them to, because I suspect you're going to go, oh yeah. (laughs) So I think my, my personal practice is kind of the one that I'd already stated, which is just giving into the feeling of desire, like momentary desire and present desire. I think mindfulness is something that I see stripped out of kind of general society Mm. and while we like we have moments for it and we've created these like these crazy ways to incorporate it through i don't know like hyper specific mindfulness training and and programming we have apps apps for this now (laughs) yeah exactly right like we've created apps because we've we've become so disconnected from the moment that we have to find ways to connect to the moment and yeah i i think that looks for me just like 
taking the time and making the time to be present and listen to whatever the present tells me to do. And I think it's something that people say, well, you know, I can't do that because I'm, I'm, I'm busy. I have work. I have to process, uh, you know, these other emotions or whatever is going on. And those things are true, but I also, I think there, we have a mutual friend that uh, they have a, a tattoo that uh, I, I did not too long ago for them that says make time. Mm. And I think making time is my kind of like, it is my practice. It's something that I really hadn't thought about it as intentionally as I had uh sit like out like prior to that moment but it's something that i think i've always i've always strived to have be kind of like prevalent or a prevalent driving force within my life hmm. uh so many so many strings so many threads to pull on here uh i'm gonna give you two because it's like depending on you like you're you're capable of this i'm gonna give you two completely unrelated unrelated questions you can either answer one of them the other of them or you can try and smash them together two completely different questions question number one (laughs) it's like turning into jeopardy question number one if i asked your friends what your superpower is what would your friends say that's question number one and question number two is uh if you could write a letter and it goes in a time capsule for 15 years you're going to completely forget about this when you get it 15 years from now. What would you put in the letter? So question one, what do your friends think your superpower is? Question two, what would you put in a letter for yourself 15 years in the future? <laughs> one, the other, both, or smash them, or go somewhere I else. Think, I think of a really, a really um, easy way to combine these. So I think if you were to ask the majority of my friends what my superpower is, um, it is creating something from seemingly nothing in an absurd amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you probably mean absurdly small amount of time, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> an absurdly small amount of time. Um, and I think writing that letter, that letter would be a single word and that word would just say it would be breathe. And sometimes I want to just press stop. <laughs> However, <laughs> I have Andrew for another 10 and a half minutes. So I'm not pressing stop. That's a, that's a really great. Um, okay. First of all, those are really great answers. Um, Thank you. Both, both because of like the actual answer I think is great, but also the way you're able to, you know, hmm, here is my answer succinctly. And I, the, I, the reason I did that was you're a very creative person. And on my personal experience is people who are super creative, if you give them random bits of string, <laughs> here's a piece of bubble gum and here's a piece of string, they do really creative things with them. So sometimes it's fun to get a chance to have a conversation with someone and just go like, hey, here's two random items, go be Andrew. <laughs> and I think that tell the answers you gave, tell us a lot about you, but also what you did with two random bits of string that I gave you um, also speaks about you. Um, Anything that was on your mind, I try to make these calls very easy, like don't prepare, don't show up early, just, you know, show up. Uh, anything that was on your mind, you're like, but I hope we get to talk about dot, 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 because there's things I can, I can think of lots of things to talk about, but like what was on Andrew's mind on his way on the long commute <laughs> across the house <laughs> to join the Zoom call? That is a good question. I think uh, there is far too much on my mind always. 
which is probably, if not most certainly, why I gave you the response that I did. Uh, I think that stress is a huge, a huge one. Uh, and it, I don't always think that we inherently take the word stress as something that I feel is like really negative, or at least the, ma- the majority of people that I know associate stress as this negative thing. And I think that it, it most certainly can be. Um, but I think that like stress can also be absurdly constructive. Yeah. And yeah, I think one of these things that has been on my mind recently in terms of movement, and I've seen a ton of it, is people talking about how they should be here, they should be there. I I need to be training again, or I need to... Yeah, my, my practice needs to look a certain way. It, it It should be this. And I think that, like... For the first time in my life, I've experienced something similar. And that for me was bizarre. It was an absurdly strange phenomenon because I, I'm typically very self-motivated um, and I, I follow the things that I want. And I think for the first time I went out to move and I asked myself the question, why am I still doing this? after, you know, basically an entire lifetime of, of movement. And it, I think it was the first time that there wasn't joy present in something that I've loved my entire life. And I think that stress within parkour is something that we just don't talk about, uh, or at least we don't talk about enough. And yeah, I feel like this might be a good place to to kind of bring that up. I think it's a very, um, you bringing it up as a very healthy, not that anybody like who's listening, who knows, but I think, uh, first of all, uh, yes, plus one, I agree. <laughs> stress. Yes. Uh, bad for me. I often have too much of the bad kind of stress. I was thinking, yeah, like I, f- I forget there's fancy Latin names for one kind of stress. That's good for you. And one kind of stress that's really bad for you. Like lack of water that's a negative stress but weight training is a positive stress but too much weight training is negative stress so yeah there's that that beautiful um you know tool that it can be but it also can cut you um, but you're i think you're right about talking about it more the more chances that other people can go oh everybody else is thinking the same you know like oh i too have that nasty voice in my head or i too as they say should on myself to tell myself i should be training or i should be this or i should do that um doing a lot of that right now i'm going to uh, a parkour event this weekend and i've been like not training for it but i've been preparing for it for six weeks by like just move every day (laughs) do something just to prepare for you know being out and about for three days so I, i do think it is better and sometimes I wonder if that isn't a big part of what we like about getting together in like the in the jam context. Like, you know, you go to a big event, it's also the social aspect and, and there's like hard training and we push each other. But in that more loose, like, hey, let's get together at our favorite spot. Here's six of my friends and two newbies. There's partly this whole like, yeah, I want to see you suck so that I don't feel so bad sucking. There's like a communal, we get to be in the experience. Um, and I, I'm just... I'm like, now I'm rambling. Let's turn this into a self-therapy session. Is, is Andrew in? Are you in? Um, I'll drop a nickel in. 
the I, I've had a chance to travel. I mean, like the the real athletes have traveled more, but I've had a chance to travel a lot, and I've trained with a lot of trained with. I've trained within ten feet of <laughs> a lot of really famous, really good people, and it's the same everywhere. Like they have moments where they get stuck, they walk away from things, and. I think at a certain point, everybody who's done enough parkour, art de placement, or free running, you, you come to this realization like, yeah, we're all in the same struggle together. Um, but I'm just wondering, like, you have, here's a chance where, you know, you have a chance to talk to other people. Is there something that you would encourage them to go try to try and shake off that, that dark shadow when the stress shows up? So I think coming back to this quotations that you had of should, I think one of the, yeah, I think one of the most inspiring things that I ever came to like a conclusion with someone over, um, I had a, a person in my life who was probably like, if I can list like the top 10 people in my life that have absolutely inspired me the most, uh, this one person was able to shape, I think the entirety of, of myself and, and my worldview and how i kind of process and deciphered information and applied it to my life. And I think one of the things that we came to the conclusion of was that you shouldn't anything. And I loved, I loved that phrase and it has stuck with me ever since hmm. is like should implies that like, it's something that needs to be done, but it has like, far too often we're like, oh, I should go to the gym. Oh, I should move. Oh, I should learn this new skill. Oh, I should train with my friends. But the reality is like, do you want to do that? And like, do you need to do that? Like, is, is it an actual life necessity? Is it something that you actually care to do? And if you don't find out what you do care about. And I think that for me was one of the, largest release of stress that yeah that I've ever known and I think that is greatly applied to my practice of, within parkour as well uh, because I when I go out I'm not thinking ah, I should do this because I saw it in a video I should do this because this it's like oh, okay what what do I want to do whether it is you know like you said it's, maybe I go out and the thing that I, I want to do I, I'm gonna suck at the whole time um and i think that is just something it's the reality of things like you also had mentioned that you know it doesn't matter how long somebody's been doing something or how like good somebody is at something like everybody has moments of of um where they're not at their peak uh, we we are all both students and masters at, at mm -hmm. everything yeah. and i yeah, I think it's just like taking a moment to step away and, and, and see what we truly want in any given scenario. I think it's like one of the most important things. Terrific. I say that a lot because <laughs> I seem to find that I am on this continuous conveyor belt of talking to awesome people. <laughs> I think that's well, part of the part of my luck. Um, likewise. I, as much as I hate to say it, I'm going to say, and of course, the final question three words to describe your practice oh i feel like i hit you with that answer at the beginning 
which would be <laughs> obsessed with locomotion. But I don't think that's the reality. I think that three words would be something like. Yeah, I think it's, I would have to say being right here. I think that's a great answer. Well, Andrew, uh, uh, as I said at the very beginning, and I also said before we started recording, uh, super happy to have finally got a chance to sit down and have a conversation. So thank you for taking the time. It was my pleasure. Uh, likewise, brother. Thank you for having me. It was greatly appreciated.